Welcome back, welcome back. Oh, one or two people listening out there. <laughs> hopefully share <laughs> hopefully you'll share it with two other people. But anyway, this is uh, Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Joseph. Um two weirdos in a box if you're watching this on whatever it's on or listening to it off of your phone, which I'm assuming is still the shape of a box or a square. <laughs> but <laughs> this is uh anchored and devoted. Um thanks for listening in. Um Today, Jeremy's picked the topic, and we'll see how it works. There's two topics, uh, yeah. two episodes, but it's justice and mercy. It's, no, justice and forgiveness. Justice I've and forgiveness. Mercy. I've got yeah. mercy hiding under in, in, in my back pocket. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I'll let you get us started, sir. What was your reasoning for this topic or thinking behind it? I think uh, I think that there is an internal drive uh, within each of us, and and the drive that I've seen in our society, and I think worldwide, that is striving after justice. Um, you can look at whether it's lowercase social justice or uppercase social justice movement, or a case to. Um, movements, the Innocence Project, movements to um, counteract injustices that have taken place in legal systems and systems of justice, of criminal justice, criminal justice reform, justice in, in, um, in economics, justice in commerce, justice in, in relationships between say, you know, parents and kids or state and parents or whatever, whatever relational dynamics there are, there is a very strong drive towards justice. And, and that makes me kind of wonder where does this, where does this come from? But even before I ask where does this come from, the question I want to ask is what does the idea of justice mean? Uh, when we say that we're looking for justice, we want to to see justice done, what does that mean? Because my kids have got four young kids and they can get pretty upset when I treat one differently than the other. Um, there's ideas of equality, there's ideas of equity, there's ideas of fairness, mm -hmm. there's ideas of rightness that mm -hmm. all kind of get lumped together. Mm -hmm. When we talk about justice and, and so part of just the way my mind works, I want to ask, okay, what, what do you mean when you talk about justice? What is meant by the idea of justice? And does what I mean when I talk about justice, does it reflect what's meant more broadly when I'm walking down the street and someone's talking about wanting justice done? So I want to just kick that to you. When, when I talk about justice, what ideas come to mind? And maybe even as a first place, can you give... Would you give me your definition of justice? Okay. Um, I'd say when we talk about justice, it varies from setting to setting, and that's hard. Um, but it's real because definitions, sadly, vary from setting to setting. Um, you know, you can use the same word a different setting and have a completely different meaning. Um, when we talked about that Christianese type, you know, vocabulary versus regular vocabulary that you have within a family or a community. Yeah. And, you know, within a cultural group, whether it be, you know, whatever it's based off of, and it could be work or, you know, as bankers or, um, 
there, there's a number of ways that words can be used. And the definition is um, one that is linked or connected, but it does vary. So when I hear the word justice, you, you stated, um, I, I think like a little kid, just fairness. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't mean um, that everything is equal, but it does mean um, that the other was thought of in light of the situation. Okay. Um, and so um, justice often, whether you put social or criminal or whatever in front of it, um, is looking for me for some type of, um, some type of correctedness that needs to take place because there has been some error. So there's an assumption then that something has gone wrong mm -hmm. and it needs to be remediated. It needs to be fixed. Well, and, and justice, that, justice is taking it to the place where it is fixed. Well, justice, when we take it, and we just had a conversation before this about humanism, um, when you have a people-centered justice, where everything can't be known or seen, unlike God who does know and can see and is just, um, the goal is to try and bring as many of those individuals together to work mm -hmm. through this issue, to come to a place where then justice can be had. So, um, you know, something has occurred. Um, I mean, we have the, the court case going on now that's all over the news. Um, dealing with uh, Mr. Floyd's death and the family looking for justice, the communities, many yeah. communities looking for justice. It's hard to do that when you don't have a God type of perspective, um, but God's made it clear. Why, why is that? Help me understand. Um, because Help me understand that statement. Why would, because it seems to me that every culture, regardless of whether or not they have a, a, a God in their background or a, you know, revealed scripture or some kind of ethical script that that has been received and accepted by the culture. All cultures have some idea of justice, but it sounds like you're saying that without God, justice is at best a, a non-completable project. Correct. Almost. Correct. There, there is... Um, an assumption when it comes to justice that everything will be on the table. And that just, that isn't true. Everyone mm -hmm. comes, humans come with their perspective as well as their desired um, view of the situation. Uh, and so they can either deceive themselves or they can share stuff that isn't relative to the situation itself because of how they feel about it. So you've got two things occurring, whether it's a deception of self or a feeling, and then to shift from that, is truth being shared? Like, is all the truth being shared? Um, two people have an accident, you get completely two different things. If two people stand on the side of the street, you still have to now have four different stories about the exact same thing until someone pulls out a camera and says, hey, we can just watch it. <laughs> and there isn't the, um, the humanness of it. It's just, here's what happened. Um, it, you know, you've taken out the drama of what took place before as well as what took place after. Here's what took place in that intersection. Here is the truth. Truth is what's required for justice and to ask for truth from people that are broken 
is hard because often truth is uncomfortable. It's very um, uh, um, in your face. It's very factual. There's no bending it. And so um, humans. Um, you sound like a conservative, Dave. Oh, <laughs> you sound like a modernist, not a postmodernist. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being honest. You know, when you when you have Christ in your life, then you can share the truth, but it's done in love. And that's that's one of those things where I was going to ask you about justice and mercy, because when we talk about justice, for me, the love has to be attached to the truth. It can't just sit by itself because then no one can handle it. Like you just you share the truth. This is what is. But then how does that work with the justice part? Like there has to be love for justice to be had. Um, it, it You can't have one without the other. I know for many justice requires, you know, um, being able to address their feelings. And <clears throat> so, yeah, so I want to, I want to camp out on that because I think that's the milieu in which we are right now. Mm -hmm. um, you're talking about truth, but a very simple response to that is I am giving you the truth. I'm giving you my truth. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, from almost every quarter encouragement, not only to live our truth, but to express our truth and mm -hmm. to stand in our truth and that your truth should have no bearing on my truth. And that's not possible if it's actual truth. Like it's, it's just not possible for you to live out your truths and someone else live out their truths without truth, if it is real, conflicting. It, okay, it, it, ser it, serious it, question though, serious question. Mm -hmm. You're saying that as a big, beautiful black man, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you as a stubby white man. You're not stubby. <laughs> aren't you just parroting a paradigm that's been put in place by my culture to keep your culture down. No, I'm I'm sharing God's definition of truth. It has nothing to do with me or you, my skin, your skin, and Jesus didn't match either one of us, just for the record. Um, <laughs> and and God is infinite, who created all mankind. So it's not one of those things where I view it as this is like when I worked with the Aboriginals up in northern Canada, the white man's God. No, he is the God, the only God. And so he has defined and created truth to be something that is um, foundational. It's um, not movable. It's not um, based off of my pers you know, perception, my perspective. And the interesting thing right. in the rest of our life, um, truth isn't like that. If I say there's a house and you say there's a house, we can call it different things, but we both recognize it as a truck structure because it's a truth. Like it's, it's there. Like you can call it a hut and I can call it a house. Fine. We can give different names to it, but it's still truth that it exists. It's there. There's no, um, saying, no, that's a lake. Let's go swim in it. No, <laughs> there might be a lake behind the house, but those are two different things we're talking about. Why? Because the truth is there is something there. Like mm -hmm. there is something factually there. When it comes to justice, there is something factually there that we have to wrestle with. Uh, the loss of a life, the, you know, whatever it is that occurred, that is the truth. 
And then from there, we have to move to, okay, now how do we reconcile that with love? So the justice actually takes place because there isn't a, in, um, in the cases that we've been talking about from um, people that have passed in, in the recent past, yeah. um, there isn't a dollar amount that is worth a life, right? right. Like, so we, right. we deal with um, the loss, recognizing that no amount of paper <laughs> is going to replace the life of um, a woman who was asleep in her own house, in her own bed, who was shot by the police. Like there's no amount of right. paper that covers that or makes that right. The goal there is to uh, um, make it so that this doesn't happen again. And um, the goal is to figure out ways to, to make that happen. And one of them is with a, um, in this case, a, a penalty, a, um, a transaction occurring that allows for uh, those involved to have to pause now um, before taking action in relationship to other people. Mm -hmm. uh, every police officer, I'm sure, on the force, um, whether it be in Atlanta, Florida, wherever, is now pausing because of uh, the cost of um, not being cautious with the lives of others. Uh, but understand there's also the impact on the family. Um, yes, they received a large settlement, but that now has to be lived out for generations to yeah. care for um, the loss. Uh, the future of um, Mr. Floyd is unknown. I don't know what he would have done musically or mathematically or right. socially, or even with you know the generations behind him. Like, I, you just don't know um, what was lost. So there isn't this one-for-one um, um, one type of... Uh, it's not an easy calculus. No, it's not. And even biblically, there, there was never... Um, when we look at justice in the Bible, we don't see an easy calculus there. Um, right. You know, you have someone who lost their life, and, and God makes it clear in the Old Testament, it was an accident. You need to flee to a city that is one where, you know, you are safe. Um, mm -hmm. The family can take your life. Um, with the understanding, you know, just to get lost or come out of that city, <laughs> but 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 the goal isn't um, to um, say that this person's life is of the same value as yours. Like that isn't the exchange, especially when we look at Cain and Abel. Like we we're not saying that at all. That you know, God is just and was in that situation that. Um, uh, Cain's life should have been taken in that moment to make it equal. Like that's, that's not what's occurring there. Right. What do you think of when you think of justice? A lot of the things that you have been touching on. Um, I think that there's a connection. There's a necessary rootedness between justice and truth. Um, as you said, truth can't be only subjective. It has to also be objective. The, the very concepts that we're talking about have to be rooted to real objects, not just linguistic, um, you know, artifacts, if you will. But when I think of justice, I real simple, I think of rightness. Hmm? Justice is when what is right is what is done. That's, mm -hmm. And that's kind of a continuum because justice cannot be fully satisfied by the unjust. Correct. In, in, I, as a parent, love my kids. 
I want the best for all of my kids. When I mediate between arguments that they have, when I have to discipline, um, you know, one of my kids this morning was roaring at one of my other kids and the kid that was being roared at reached out and scraped or clawed at oh, no. kid number roar. <laughs> and I've got to step in. I have to determine what's what's appropriate here because what what was right wasn't met by either. The standard of rightness wasn't met by either party here. And I, as the judge, have to determine how far from right they individually were. Mm -hmm. the the interaction between what was done by the one's lack of rightness to impede or to progress the not rightness of the other one and then i've got to determine what am i going to impose now to bring this situation back into rightness and the fact is even if even if i could do all of that even if i could calculate all of those steps there's still the problem of me. Mm -hmm. I bring to this situation my own baggage, mm -hmm. my own limitations, the fact that I didn't see everything that happened, the fact right. that uh, you know I, I haven't had my coffee yet, whatever it might be, I'm imperfect. Right. I'm not right. right. And because I'm not right, I cannot rightly carry out rightness. And so to reach justice, mm -hmm. to have justice, you have to have someone who is in fact just, which is, again, why I'm going to tie this right back to the God of the Bible, because mm -hmm. Paul in Romans was really clear that God was just yep. in yep. sending his son and the justifier of all those who believe, because only a God who is just can bring about justice. And so I, I can look at I can look at miscarriages of criminal justice. Mm -hmm throughout history and the comfort that i have is that specifically in our in the american uh criminal justice system was built on the dictum the foundational principle that final justice ultimate justice cannot be mediated here on earth regardless of how good the justice system is correct ultimately we are all going to answer to god who will justly judge all of us. Um, when I talk about justice, when I see people pursuing justice, that's what I see them actually pursuing, regardless of how they want to talk about it, regardless of how they may want to, you know, tie different concepts together that I don't think actually can be tied together or that are not dependent on each other. What I see is a very real internal drive to pursue God's justice because we are made in his image mm. because we we have that resonance of there is truth there is a right and there is a wrong we intrinsically know it mm -hmm. we intrinsically want to have that to to live in a world that is ordered rightly regardless of what culture we we come from or what our experiences have been I think it's funny. It doesn't matter whether you're liberal or conservative. You still want to be able to go to your home and go to bed. Mm -hmm. Like you want things to be where For you sure. are. And when you, <laughs> you went to do whatever during the day, like there's this expectation of what's yours. And if someone messes with it, you have a problem with it. little kids get it. Big kids get it. Yep. Um, yep. That goes to what God has put in our heart. Now we can harden that. 
by trying to condition it for other things for and sure. to, you know, make it seem as though we don't care. But the reality is you do. Mm -hmm. The tough part is knowing that like, a, you know, like for Brianna Taylor or for many of the other people that have passed recently, you can have a camera, you can have the factual thing. And yep. because people are broken, you still can't get to that place of, um, That's absolutely correct. Of, of, of a human version of justice. As you said, a human version of rightness. Um, Psalms makes it clear over and over again that righteousness, this rightness, this justice that we are to do is one where we are putting the other before ourselves. I mean, Jesus made it clear with the greatest commandment of God first with your heart, mind, and soul, you know, everything, your head, heart, and soul, like every part of you, all of it. And then second, and like unto it, we ought to love others like we love ourselves and everybody loves themselves. So when it comes to justice, I have to be willing to put myself in their shoes, the grieved party, right? As well mm -hmm. as the party that is, um, has done the wrongdoing. I have to do both. And that's where God comes in. Often we as people look at justice as that other person is the wicked one, period. But when we look at the Old Testament and we see that, you know, you accidentally kill someone, you run to the city, you are given yep. this space to work this out. That There are those leaders at the gate who could intercede on your behalf to try and work things out. That it wasn't right. just your life is doomed. There is no more hope for you. No, justice can still be carried out and there be grace and mercy and love. Like it's... I know it's hard, uh, especially when justice seems to have lost its place. Mm -hmm. But who we are called to be hasn't changed because culture has changed. You made me think of something um, that I thought was really interesting just now. You said that in order to carry out justice, you have to be able to put yourself into the shoes of the person, the grieved party, as well as the, the party that did the wrong mm -hmm. um that really stands against the idea that justice is blind you know mm -hmm. we picture this mm -hmm. statue this image of justice a woman with a blindfold scales and a sword and we get the scales we're, we're figuring out how to make things equal the sword is there for punishment but the blindfold is there so that justice is blind and i what you're saying is justice can't be blind no not at all justice has to be eyes wide open and i think that's a i think that's a great demonstration of what we said a few minutes ago and that justice ultimately has not only its source but its completion in god who is not blind at all but who has seen every single moment of every single situation from every single perspective for all time therefore he knows precisely what is right our justice must be blind, not because we ought to be unaware, but I think blindness would better be described as non-preferential. Justice ought, ought to, justice must not show preference mm. to the parties. Correct. Justice must approach both parties saying, I'm going to look at your situation 
and then I'm going to look at your situation and I'm going to do my best, whether it's to identify or to empathize, however you want to describe it, it is to see through the eyes of the person what happened to determine what is right and what is wrong. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, Proverbs uh, 15, 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping mm-hmm. watch on the evil and the good. Justice is not blind. Now, we also say, this is where it got interesting for me. We also say love is blind, yeah, um, which is wrong. not a First Corinthians thing. <laughs> That's okay. wrong. Hold on, but before we go there, I do want to pause and say something. When Jesus yeah. went to the cross, he knew what he was doing. And he, God, is just, is going to extend mercy and grace on the cross by taking on the sin of all of mankind for eternity. Not just for you and me in this moment, but for our great-grandparents and wow. every grandchild to come. Like when you think of that, when it comes to justice and his time on earth, being born, putting on flesh, like stepping out of all of eternity into time, put like the infinite becoming fine. Like this is crazy. And so when it comes to justice, that's my model. <clears throat> that's what I look for, the, the love, the truth. Like he was not blind yeah. to the fact mm-hmm. that every sin mm-hmm. I would do, He's dying for, and at the same time, he extended mercy there. Instead of, you know, just saying, yeah, I died for your sins, and now you got to worship me. He says, no, I made you family. Mm. Like, no, I'm going to give you a purpose. Like, wow. you're, and so when I look at people that are in prison for stupid stuff, as well as for crazy stuff, I go, where, you know, where does, yes, I get the justice part as far as the world's definition, but where is that space so that people can um, live out their purpose, live out a calling that is bigger than the mistake that they made? I'm not for freeing everyone being silly. Um, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm also not for, you know, three strikes and you're forever banished at 17. Like, and you, you, you never see the you know, sun again until you're you know, 100 years old. Like, that, that just really seems wrong when you consider this is the beginning of life that sets the pace for all of eternity. Like that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And again, that, that, that is not blind. When <laughs> no, you set, not. when you set an ordinance in place like that, that is not blind. That's a definition of preferential. Yes. I'm going to prefer those who get caught fewer times Correct. to those who get caught more. Correct. It's, it's, I, 